I wanted to try this medicine because of its deep connection to the sacred feminine. Yes. I really believe that the way the world is going to be saved is as we honor the sacred feminine. Mm -hmm. Because look at all this shit in the world. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. I hope your January is still full of inspiration and intention and creativity. I know a lot of people like to have a word for the year, and I have multiple. Mine are ease and flow and conscious creation. I don't know if you have one for yourself, but maybe that might inspire you to find one for yourself. And in all honesty, I truly feel like at the beginning of the year, even though it's this new year and we're told it's this time to set resolutions and We are meant to move forward with all this energy, this output, achieving dreams and goals. When I look around in my environment, especially where I live in Canada, it is gray and cloudy and there is nothing in bloom right now. So for me, I never feel at the beginning of the year this massive surge of like motivation to get things going and to get things off the ground. I often feel like it's still a time where I'm very, it's like a very internal time and it's still a time of reflection and sort of planting the seeds. And then come spring, it's this amazing bloom and I'm like ready to go and the sun is out and it's just how I often feel. And I mean, that's very in tune with nature. And I'm sure that a lot of you feel the same way too. So if you are in a place right now, mid-January, where you're feeling like, I'm actually not very inspired and I don't feel really motivated and I'm not certain what my dreams and my goals are and all that I want to achieve this year. That's okay. Don't make yourself wrong for that. It is 100% okay. There's no specific timeline. The only timeline is really the one that you create for yourself. So whatever that looks like and resonates with you, then that's what it is. So just wanting to share that as a little aside before we kick off our amazing interview today. You guys are in for such a treat. I am introducing you to my dearest, most beautiful friend, Katrina. She is my acupuncturist and a Chinese medicine practitioner. And oh my God, her acupuncture is a next level. It is so beautiful and calming and grounding and full of so much beautiful love and energy. And I have known Katrina for a very long time. We've actually gone to elementary school together and high school, and we didn't go to university together, but we've just like reconnected and have kind of stayed in touch here and there over the years. Um, We would run into each other at like farmer's markets and then they got to meet Gaytan, my husband, and then Katrina started training with him. And then I became a client of hers. And I go every week, sometimes twice a week for acupuncture. 
and it's blissful, like seriously blissful. I feel like I am floating off of her table and it's just an incredible experience really. And all the amazing herbs that she puts together for me to support my hormones and adrenals and stress and all of the things, it's literally been life-changing and I couldn't see my life without acupuncture or without Katrina because she's so phenomenal and so gifted at what she does. And she's just a beautiful human being. We go to ayahuasca ceremonies together. We have really held so much space for each other over these past few years and in our transformations and in our growth and journey. And I'm so excited that you guys get to meet her today. So Katrina is the co-founder and clinical director at What's Good. Her passion lies in helping you bring more happiness and health to your life and into your body. Katrina's approach to healthcare is grounded in honoring the wisdom of the body and the power of mother nature. Your body was designed for perfect health and healing. It just needs some help remembering that. To achieve this, Katrina uses acupuncture, Chinese and Western herbal medicine, functional nutrition, all chemical healing, personalized lifestyle recommendations, energy medicine, self-cultivation practices, and she has spent nearly 15 years immersed in study, growth, and clinical practice, and is a self-professed forever nerd at heart. So today we are talking about Chinese medicine, acupuncture, Katrina practices from a trauma-aware and Taoist Chinese medicine elemental, all-chemical perspective in her practice. So we really talk about what that actually means. We talk about the elements and how it impacts women's health and hormones and fertility. We talk about trauma. There is big T trauma and little t trauma. We talk about the difference between Chinese medicine and how that differs from Western medicine and even natural medicines like naturopathy. We talk about the fundamental principles of Chinese medicine and how they impact hormones and women's health. And we also dive into, of course, plant medicine and ayahuasca. Katrina actually attended numerous ceremonies while she was pregnant and she shares her journey with that. So it's a really beautiful conversation. I love her dearly and I'm so excited that you get to know more about her and her practice. Perhaps you are in the local GTA area and you are looking for your very own acupuncturist. Well, you can definitely check out What's Good Wellness. Let's dive into our episode today. Enjoy. In February, we are kicking off our Naturally Nourished Community Reset. And I'm not sure if you've heard all about it yet, but I would love for you to join us. Over the course of eight weeks, we are going to implement lifestyle, nutrition, and supplement strategies so we can heal our metabolism, optimize our thyroid, and balance our hormones. If you are constantly chasing the next five pounds, you feel like you are exhausted, you can't sleep, you're moody, you're anxious, you are in perimenopause right now, and perhaps you are feeling all of these shifts with your cycle and your hormones. Maybe you're dealing with terrible or debilitating PMS symptoms. You've been gaining weight, you're exhausted, and you just don't know what to do anymore. I understand because there is so much conflicting information out there, and we are going to hone in and make it uncomplicated and simplified over the eight weeks in our Naturally Nourished Community Reset. 
If you're already a member in Naturally Nourished, you will get access to this reset. And if you're not, you can come join us today and actually save $400 off the program. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash naturally nourished. You can join today and we'll be kicking off our reset at the beginning of February. There will be four live coaching calls and there's going to be some amazing fundamental principles that I'm going to dive into over those eight weeks. Not only will I have protocols laid out for you, but I really want you to understand and dive deep into the power of prioritizing protein, being carb conscious, and optimizing the power of progesterone. Yes, we're diving into all things hormones. We're going to support our hormones in the best way possible without overwhelm, deprivation, or complication. Come join us today. We're kicking off in February for eight weeks. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash naturally nourished. Hello, Katrina. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. Hello, Samantha. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited that you're here. Finally. I was it was pulling teeth, guys, to get her on. I know. I'm sorry. I had to wait for the rebrand. I'm all about the witchiness. <laughs> I am so excited you're here and Thank to share you. your wisdom and your knowledge with our audience. There's so much goodness we're gonna dive into today. Thank you. So before we do, can you mm-hmm. share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Of course. Thank you for the opportunity. My name is Katrina Delano. I am a Chinese medicine practitioner, functional medicine practitioner. I'm the clinical director, co-founder, and co-owner of What's Good Wellness in Oakville. We are a Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and functional nutrition clinic, and we specialize primarily in women's health, hormonal balance, fertility, and cosmetic acupuncture. And Chinese medicine, honestly, is such an elegant, beautiful system of medicine And because we look at the body truly holistically, not just like, you know, some practitioners, they say they look at things holistically, but we look at every level. So the physical body, the emotional, the spiritual, soul level, because we look at the body from this perspective, we're able to treat a lot of really chronic, complex issues. Um, so we help people with autoimmune conditions, um, cancer, Lyme, a lot of things that are very insidious. And and I look at things from a trauma informed lens and from the perspective of the five elements. So it's pretty cool. It's It's super cool. It's Mm. been very transformative in my life. So I'm so, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. that. Yes. Thank you. So how did, like, how did your love for Chinese medicine and acupuncture even began? Like, where did that start? Oh my gosh. So I am the daughter of first-generation immigrants. And what I've found kind of across the board is immigrant parents, they always have this drive to push their children because they want their kids to have a better life. That's why they came here in the first place. And it comes from a really, I know it comes from a loving, good place, but Um, My whole childhood, I remember always thinking, I'm going to be a doctor. 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 I even remember when I was four telling my father that I wanted to be an artist. And then he said, well, you know, if you're a doctor, when you do stitches, you can stitch in in beautiful patterns. And and that's doing art. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Who's going to do beautiful stitches? (laughs) So that was my narrative, my story at the back of my head 
Yeah. All through education. So I did all the right things. Um, like I studied the sciences and I wanted to eventually be a psychiatrist. So I did my undergrad primarily focusing on mental health psychology. And I was a TA for a couple of my profs and we were working at CAMH and uh, which is the Center for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto mm -hmm. and also Princess Margaret. And I was helping out on a study where we were looking at the socioeconomic factors and how they influence a patient's experience of pain and also what it was like for them as they went through cancer treatment. And I have to tell you, Sam, like CAMH at the time was like, this is where I'm going to be. It's amazing. But when I was actually in that environment, I had this like really rude awakening. I was like, no, this is not for me. <laughs> Because by the time someone is at CAMH, they've progressed quite uh, like a lot in terms of their mental health. Um, and they're having like issues now that need to be medicated. Uh, right. Because without the medication, they could be in a really dangerous position to themselves and, and to the people in their lives. So I had this breakdown. I call it my quarter life mm. crisis. I, yeah. was, I was uh, in my fourth year of university and I was like, fuck, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. This is not the thing for me. <laughs> and I was really upset because I'm a planner. I'm a, I'm a very like wood person. So I'm about having the plan, the vision and moving forwards. Just keep going. Yeah. Um, but then I had no plan and that was very discombobulating and scary for me. And so I um, registered with my registrar to graduate because at my university, York, you had to like you had to apply to graduate and then they would look at all of your courses. And then they told me, no, I'm sorry, you can't graduate because you've taken too many psychology and biology courses, no social sciences, no humanities, and you need to take those in order to graduate. So here I was, like, however old you are, like 21 or 22, no life plan, like the plan I had for my entire life, yeah. out the window, and then I couldn't graduate. I had to tell my parents that I needed to spend an extra, like, eight grand to mm. take these courses that I didn't want to take. For sure. I know <laughs> the feeling. Like, <laughs> I was having this breakdown, and I was crying, and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? My life is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was sitting in my room one day and then this voice just in my head was like, well, what about acupuncture? And it's wild because when That's I think so back. so random. So <laughs> random. So random. I think back to that and I was into like the hard sciences. So like the physiological basis of thought and brain function. And it's interesting that I didn't think am I having a psychotic break? Am I schizophrenic? But it was, I think it was the very first time that I tapped into my intuition and actually listened to it. So I was like, oh, well, what about acupuncture? And I just kept that at the back of my mind. And I ended up having to take the social sciences and the humanities for one semester so I could graduate. And I took a class on, um, it was about health, health and literature. I still tried to stay within my area of interest. And I wrote a paper comparing the use of language in Western medicine and Chinese medicine, 
Western medicine, if you pay attention to the way they talk about disease and the process of disease, it really is coming from this like combat war-based paradigm. Like you have to fight disease Mm. um, versus Chinese medicine, where we use a lot of symbolism um, that comes from nature. We talk about things like heat and cold and dampness. And so I argued just by the nature of the language alone, Western medicine, you create a, har- a hierarchy where the doctor is in charge and the patient needs to listen. But in Chinese medicine, because so much of the sy- symbolism is easy for a person to comprehend, that it creates more of like this symbiotic relationship, a partnership between the doctor and their patient or the practitioner and the patient. Um, and because of that, there's more, um, the results are better because they work together. Uh, and then after I wrote that paper, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is what I'll do. Yeah. But my parents, they were like, what? I bet. You want to do what? And it's going to cost how much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were shocked. My dad was not supportive in the beginning, but now he tells everyone about me and my healing hands. Oh, <laughs> they so are cool. healing. Thank you. What a great story. I love that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know all those details. And I mean, I've known you for a long time and I've always known you as the academic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's, it's only been in the last probably like three years that I felt comfortable telling that story because I would, I, I, like when I tell people in the past, I would take out the the intuition voice part because I found I felt like it was very woo-woo, but I'm super into woo-woo and I haven't really told people that until like the last three years. Gotta embrace that, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you go and enroll in school to go yeah. study Chinese medicine and acupuncture. Yeah. Were you like when you were there, were you were you ha- did you have that feeling of like, oh yeah, that like this is home. I did. I did and I didn't. Uh, it's funny. Like anytime my patients ask me questions about Chinese medicine, I always tell them, I joke with them and I say, well, anytime it's the answer is going to be yes and no, or it depends. <laughs> so yes and no, I did feel at home. Like I loved what I was learning. But the Chinese way of study is that you don't ask questions to understand. You wrote, memorize everything and then the understanding comes after. So a majority of my oh. teachers are Chinese. And so for me, I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean I can't understand? That's how I remember things. And they'd be like, just memorize it, Katrina. Memorize, 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 memorize. So that was hard for me. Oh, that would be so hard for me. Right? Because I need such to a have... questioner. <laughs> exactly. That's how, like, that's one of the things that we're, like, very alike in. We need to understand things. And I feel yeah. like that's how we remember and that's the way we study here. But that part was hard, but it's true. <laughs> it's, it, like that way of learning the medicine, um, they're right. It does it does help with the integration because it's a completely different paradigm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, so you practice Taoist Chinese medicine, yes. all chemical, elemental, pers- from an elemental perspective. <laughs> Yeah, that's a mouthful, but it's beautiful. Can you break that all down for us? And what does that even mean? Yeah, so TCM, 
Like most people, when they think of Chinese medicine, they think traditional Chinese medicine. So that actually, uh, I don't want to be super disrespectful, but it kind of like doesn't exist. It's fabricated in the 70s or like late 60s, early 70s. Um, Mao, he was in charge of the People's Republic of China. He set to take classical Chinese medicine, so the Taoist alchemical elemental perspective, and like dumbed it down to these systems of patterns of differentiation that are similar to the patterns of differentiation that you would see in Western medicine, and then pulled out all the spirit. So all the things about treating at the soul level um, and the heart was taken out to make Chinese medicine seem acceptable in the West. And a majority of the schools today teach TCM, which has its gifts and functions, but it doesn't get to the root. Uh, And it's not going to be as powerful as as, uh, the classical approach, classical Chinese medicine. Alchemy... um, it defined, I think it's it's the dark soil art. So it's all about taking the things that we hide inside, that we bury inside, the things that we're ashamed of, or the guilts and the pains and the wounds that we carry, the trauma, um, and using that as a catalyst for evolution and growth and alignment to our highest and greatest good. Um, but when, when I'm talking about trauma, I'm talking about um, in EMDR, they call it little T trauma and big T trauma. So the little T trauma, so um, the wounds that you get from childhood or the, the narratives that you develop over your lifetime, not big T trauma, like the really bad things that happen in the world, um, but more the, the little T trauma. So the Patterns that we develop as a means of survival uh, in response to the stresses and the traumas that we experience from an alchemical perspective, we can take those lessons and they can help to fuel our growth. So that's alchemy. Um, Mm -hmm. The elemental perspective would be looking at the five elements of Chinese medicine and Taoism, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. Everything moves in, in through the cycle. Like if you look at the natural world, you can see that everything moves through these these elements. The seasons are the best place to see it and the, and the easiest place to see it. Like right now we're in the midst of autumn, um, which is related to the metal element. Symbolically, metal is all about um, the discernment of what serves us and and what no longer serves us and our ability to let go of it. It's basically the process of death and dying, letting go of the things that no longer serve Mm -hmm. us to make space for new life and new beginnings. Um, And then water, winter time would be considered the time of of gestation. So seeds are like in the ground waiting waiting for spring to come up to, to bloom. So spring is related to wood and wood is about growth and vision and moving forwards. It's a it's the energy that we value the most in our Western society. Right. Uh, and wood gives birth to fire, which is all about blossoming and fru- fruition and uh, 
like joy and happiness and excitement. And that's the summer season. Then earth is late summer. We have a fifth season in Chinese medicine. It's that time. It kind of switches from year to year. It's um, like end of August, beginning of September, you know, where the, the air just suddenly shifts and it's harvest time. And it's not as stifling hot, not as um, humid. This is earth. So when earth gives us the gift of all the things that we have worked hard to develop and bring into this world, and we can finally uh, eat the harvest. So that is the, yeah, late summer earth element. And so you can see that everything moves through these cycles. And when we can be in alignment with these cycles, then it helps us. It's supportive in our our life path. So that's basically <laughs> where that's I practice from. It's really I cool. Love it. it is very cool. I love it so much. Thank you. So you mentioned that you said earlier you're very wood. Yeah. So like, how would somebody know which element they are? It's dependent on a, a lot of different characteristics, personality. Um, we diagnose in Chinese medicine according to uh, different signs. So the way that a, a person's voice sounds, the color of their complexion. But I find um, it, a lot has to do with the way that they move through the world and the ideals and the beliefs that they have and the way that they respond to things in life. Yeah, so I'm, when things get hard, um, I like to have a plan and to move forwards. I just want to know, okay, this is happening, so we're going to do X, Y, Z to get out of it, and we're just going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I know that you work with a lot of women's health and hormones Mm -hmm. and fertility. How do the elements impact this? Yeah, a lot. Well, mm-hmm. fertility, um, so fertility is strongly associated with the water element. Um, and in terms of the organs, water is related to the kidneys and the adrenal system. So, of course, hormones, right? Yes. Um, fundamentally, fertility is, and, and your capacity to conceive is an excess of energy. If the body is strong enough and it is resourced enough and it has enough energy, then it's going to be able to uh, like spill over and support and create new life. So water is really about being able to be at peace and be still and to build resources so that we can do this. And then when we see pathology or imbalance in the other elements, so like this this incessant drive, this woodiness mm-hmm. that we value in in our society, this is one of the many, there are many reasons, but one of the reasons why we're tending to see more fertility challenges um, in this day and age because people are getting, um, they're waiting to build their careers and and spend more time and and energy towards that. So that means that fertility kind of gets put on the back burner as we get older because we're trying to develop our careers, we're trying to move forwards in in life. Um, And so when these elements get out of balance, then it doesn't support, it doesn't support the water, which we need to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so we're very woody and we don't have 
enough fire. Fire is joy, right? And enjoyment. I ask patients all the time, like, so what do you do for fun? Do you have any hobbies? And across the board, Sam, people are like, uh, who has time for hobbies? Oh, I bet. It's sad, right? That people don't take time for enjoyment and fun. Mm -hmm. And that's so important because it allows your adrenal system to just like chill and not be on like high alert, pumping out all those stress hormones all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So were those, did we go through all of them? We did metal. We did. So we talked about wood and fire, earth, earth, earth. Oh my gosh. The archetype of earth is the mother right? Mm -hmm. So all about women's health, the the ability to nourish. And I find that for a lot of women, where it becomes problematic is the inability to nourish the self. They will nourish everything else. So like take care of their careers, take care of their families. Now, like we have aging parents. And then if you're already a mother, taking care of your kids, taking care of your home. And then it becomes problematic because when you become so used to taking care of other people and you don't take care of yourself, taking care of the self almost feels like a burden. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Which is not good because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others in a healthy and balanced way. And then it just drains, 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 drains your energy, which makes it difficult to support metal, which is that discernment, being able to see like, is this serving me? Should I be giving all my energy to take care of all of these people yet not take care of myself? And when we have that problem, it really causes disruption to the hormonal system and we get stuck in these patterns of survival and fight or flight and we make decisions from that place for survival, immediate survival, instead of the long-term goal and the alignment with our greatest good. And that's where all the problems come in because people are coming to see me primarily for issues that are related to lifestyle. Most of the, like they say 97% of diseases is because of our lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Epigenetic factors. Yeah. I bet. So let's talk about acupuncture because- It is the best. (laughs) It's so lovely. It's my weekly nap. (laughs) Yes. It's so great. Meditation. I joke with the patients. I'm like, don't tell people my secret. It's forced meditation. (laughs) It it totally is. I love it so much. So you're bringing in all these beautiful principles of Chinese medicine with the elements and, you know, all the all chemical elements. And then there's also this piece of acupuncture, which comes in mm-hmm. as well, which kind of like, like ties it all together. And there's even the herbs, which we can get into as well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about acupuncture, the benefits. Oh my gosh. I could talk on this forever. So, mm-hmm. um, acupuncture, first of all, I would like, I would like to make it known that acupuncture practiced by someone coming from the Chinese medicine perspective is very different. Very different. <laughs> very different from acupuncture that a chiropractor or a physiotherapist or RMT, even a naturopath practices. Right. Not to say that those aren't valuable, 
They are, but typically body workers are approaching it from a MSK perspective, musculoskeletal. Um, right. And the, their level of training is nowhere near the depth that a Chinese medicine practitioner's is. Um, while we treat MSK issues also as Chinese medicine acupuncturists, because we also look at internal medicine conditions, and if you're practicing classical Chinese medicine like I do, I'm always looking at spirit and how the emotions influence internal medicine and how that expresses itself in, in the body, uh, it's very different. And so the impact that a Chinese medicine practitioner can have is superior. I'm just going to say it. It's superior yeah. to the acupuncture yeah. that's practiced by a chiropractor and a physiotherapist. But essentially, what we're doing is we are facilitating and supporting movement in the body, movement of the flow of our qi, which loosely often gets translated in English to um, energy. Mm -hmm. It's an okay translation, but like many things, a lot gets lost in translation from classical Chinese to English. So sure. qi is energy. Don't want to diminish the importance of, of energy in the body, but it's mm -hmm. so much more. It's the connecting link between all of the systems in the body. It's what breathes life into the physical form, into the human body. Um, and with acupuncture, we're unblocking the places where this qi doesn't move. Because when we block, when chi is blocked, then it means you're basically cut off from your life force because our chi is what motivates circulation of our blood. It is the pathway for communication to take place and for function to occur. So that really, when we remove those blockages, the body's ability to function and heal is restored. I think a lot of people forget how powerful the body is and like the things that it can do as we've mm -hmm. become reliant on these external things like doctors and medications and supplements, which all have their use, but we've forgotten the inherent power and, and the wisdom that the body contains. So when we can remove those blockages, miracles can happen. They do. Very <laughs> so cool. It's like, it's so amazing when I'm in my acupuncture <laughs> mm -hmm. and literally feel like I'm floating. Like it mm -hmm. is the wildest feeling. There are times where I'm literally moving my hands to even make sure the bed is underneath me, the table. I'm like, I literally am floating right now. Am I imagining this? Isn't it wild? It is so incredible. So my intention at the clinic is to create a safe healing space and I thought about this a lot as we were designing it um, and opening it. And really the safest place on earth is the womb, being in your mother's womb. You're protected by the fluid and you're encased in her body. So what I wanted to do is create that same kind of feeling of being held, of being protected, of being able to just be present in the moment to what's happening in your body. So I'm glad that you say that because yeah. you're, you are floating in the womb. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the most beautiful experience. Are you looking to take your brain to the gym? That's exactly what Lion's Mane can do for you. It's going to support mental agility and prevent cognitive dysfunction. Aversio Wellness has this great product called Focus Now, and it's organic lion's mane eight to one dual extract. What that means is it's highly therapeutic. Lion's mane benefits the brain in many ways and supports improved concentration, memory, 
productivity, and mental clarity. So goodbye brain fog. So if you are looking to get a therapeutic dose of lion's mane that's going to help you focus and get lots of work done for the day while supporting whole body health, head on over to aversiowellness.com. Use the coupon code wellnesswitch and you can save 15% off site-wide. If brain fog and mental stress have you feeling frazzled and you're feeling a bit disconnected and unproductive these days, that's where Lion's Mane is going to come in to the rescue. Again, head on over to aversiowellness.com, use the coupon code wellnesswitch and save 15% off. I have been kickstarting my morning with the red juice from Organifi. And in full transparency, I totally forgot about this product because I love the green juice powder so much, but I decided to switch it up. It tastes like a berry punch. The red juice is so delicious. It has freeze-dried berries, Siberian ginseng, which is amazing for stamina, memory, and focus. One of the reasons why I like to take it in the morning. There's some amazing adaptogenic mushrooms like reishi and cordyceps, both fantastic for nervous system support. And I love that there's rhodiola in it. This herb is amazing for helping your body adapt to physical, emotional, and environmental stress. And it's also good for supporting mood and focus. So I'm a really big fan of rhodiola. It is just a really great herb for all around stress support and adrenal health. You're also going to get some red beet powder in here, which is loaded with minerals and nitrates, which are used for exercise and endurance support. I've been loving this product. It is so delicious, a great way to get an energy boost, whether it's morning or midday, check out the red juice from Organifi. Head on over to OrganifiShop.com forward slash wellness switch, and you can save 20% off site-wide. You can also use the code wellness switch, and that will get you your 20% off. I'd actually love to chat about your clinic and because there's so much intention that's gone into it. Oh my God, it's my first baby. It is so beautiful, guys. I love it so much. And just like the light that comes in from, you know, the windows in each room, you've been so intentional with the... um, what are those little harmonizers in each room? The little yeah, bell that goes, chimes, yes. the chimes. chimes. Yes. I love those. So like, let's talk a little bit about the intention that has gone into creating your clinic and some of the unique yeah. things that you've really introduced. Yes. In thank you. So, um, in Chinese medicine, there are eight branches, uh, within the medicine. So eight different modalities, acupuncture, herbal medicine. Uh, one of them that's, uh, it's one's called geomancy, better known as feng shui, but geomancy is like looking at the ley lines, the meridians of the of the earth, of the planet. And so we were super intentional about choosing the space. The the clinic, it's it's in the corner of the building and it's a southwest exposure. And so we have the sun all day, like from the time that it rises as it moves across the sky to the time that it sets. And why I wanted this is because life can't exist without the sun. Like it's our, it's a grounding connection. It's what gives us new hope. Um, like no matter how shitty things feel at the end of the day, there's always tomorrow to do better or to try again. So being able to have the sun was very important to me. So we found this place. 
And we have skylights in, in the clinic. So the sun is always streaming in in these huge windows. Mm-hmm. Um, I put up um, these window covers. Like, oh, I don't know what they're favorites. called. Like the stickers on the windows yeah. that create a, a prism effect of, of um, the rainbow when the sun comes in and like when light comes in at night from the parking lot. Two two reasons. One, functionally, I didn't want like the parking lot to be the thing that you see when you get up from from treatment. But also, I love what the rainbow represents. Like, you know, with pride, it's about acceptance and everyone belongs. And when you think about it, light is useful. Like white light is useful only because it's made up of all those component colors. And it's when all of those things come together that the light becomes useful. So I love rainbows. So that was very meaningful for me. One of my patients is a feng shui practitioner. So I had her come and look at the clinic and each of the rooms is associated with a specific element. And so putting in the artwork and uh, the chimes that are attuned to the frequencies of these element elements help to keep the energy in the room balanced and always moving because everything is energy and it's all about transference and movement of the energy. And a lot gets transformed and and moved through treatment, as I'm sure you've felt. Like you can come in feeling one way and leave feeling completely different. And so I wanted that to, the rooms to facilitate this movement. It's because when things don't move that we have problems and we don't feel good, that's stagnation. So I wanted to do that. Uh, the the colors that we chose for the flooring, for the ceiling, for the walls, all were chosen with the um, idea of being able to support life. So lots, we have like a lot of plants, right? I'm yes. a I'm a plant lady, as Same. as you know. Yep. Um, and so there there are like a gazillion shades of white. I told her designer, I want white. I want it to be clean. And she was like, Do you want gray white, blue white, purple white? Totally. But, <laughs> but everything is has like a greenish tint to it because it helps to bring like that energy of of wood of like moving forwards having a plan having a vision having hope for your life and moving forwards but also it makes my plants look really good <laughs> very vibrant yeah and so uh everything is all about allowing for movement to occur in terms of energy, but actually also the physical movement through the clinic uh, and also to create the feeling of harmony and safety. Some people, they come to us, Sam, like the highest level of Chinese medicine is to focus on prevention, the promotion of, of wellness and longevity, but people in our society, they seek out healthcare because some kind of issue, right? So for sure, often people are coming to see us as like their last ditch resort, so a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of trauma. I want I want the clinic to be a place where for just like a moment, an hour, you can forget about that and you can be present to the miraculous healing power of your body and you can take the time for stillness and to love yourself and to be courageous because truly it takes courage to be a patient at our clinic because Chinese medicine, you cannot test according to the rigors of Western science. So it's a lot of faith and hope. 
mm-hmm. um, and trust in, in your practitioners. So I would just like to say how courageous it is of you and our other patients mm-hmm. to, to put your trust in something that can't be explained according to the paradigms that we hold on to. So I think it's worked out pretty well because people, they often say when they come in, they're like, oh, I feel so good here. It's so so relaxed. Yes. Well, I really acknowledge you for what you've done there because it truly is like you're entering into this whole other dimension than this other world. And um, I never knew what Accu High was until I experienced your your treatment and going to your sessions. And truly, yeah. I wake up from those just in this like calm, peaceful days, and it's yeah, it's just so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so happy to hear that. Absolutely. So you've mentioned trauma a few times, I'd love to really circle back here Mm -hmm. and talk about how Chinese medicine can really help somebody address their traumas. How does that work? Trauma is such a complex issue. Um, And when we experience trauma and like trauma is trauma, regardless of what other people think about what you've gone through, um, and it can differ from person to person, And what is important to acknowledge, I think, is that the body is such a beautiful thing. Its mandate, its first mandate really is for survival um, and resilience. And so when we experience trauma, what happens is that it imprints in the physical body. And because the, the body is so smart and adaptive, what it will tend to do is it will take that trauma and then it holds it deep within internally. So this is like a classical Chinese medicine thing. Um, and it's held within uh, the a set of meridians called the eight extraordinary vessels. In TCM school, we don't learn a lot about this. It's like we learn the names and that's it. Um, we're more what we study in school is more related to the organs, like the spleen, the liver, the kidneys, which is extremely important. But because a majority of the issues that people are coming to see us for are chronic and are not getting better, that's an indication for us that there's a pattern pattern of latency going on. And what that means is like we experience trauma, it's horrible, And so the body like crystallizes it, packages it, and shoves it deep inside. We say that we want to get keep it away as far away from the heart as possible because we consider the heart to be the emperor of the body. It oversees the uh, the whole kingdom of the body, the day to day um, operations and movement of life. And so, if the emperor gets sick, then the whole kingdom is going to fall apart. So the trauma needs to be pushed as far away from the heart as possible. And that serves us in the moment because it allows us to stay alive. This is why we see, like, if you experience, knock on wood, but like if you see a terrible car accident happen, but you're not involved in it, why you can mobilize yourself in the face of these horrors to help these people. Right. And then like once you get these people out of their cars and like EMS and the first responders get there, why often people will start to like throw up on the side of the road or start shaking because that trauma is like coming out. 
The problem is, is when the trauma gets held very deeply and it doesn't get released, it blocks us from our connection to self. Uh, and that imprinting, it can come up in these behaviors and these choices that you make out of that survival because it served you in the moment when you were being traumatized, but it doesn't serve you and your highest good anymore. And so what what acupuncture can do is it can help to begin to release and lift this trauma out. Not, not in the way that people get re-traumatized, but it can help people to gain awareness about the things that they're doing that are happening out of that survival pattern. Like using myself as an example, um, like pre-pandemic, I had very imbalanced working hours. I talk mm. about work-life balance with my patients, which by the way, doesn't exist. I don't believe that there's any totally. such a balance. Yeah, <laughs> um, I agree. But I would work, Sam, I was working like 14-hour days. I would take like an hour and a half, two-hour lunch in the middle of the day, but that's still 12 hours. And I knew, I knew in my head that I, this is not healthy. This is not safe for me, but I felt like I had to do it because of my, like my intergenerational trauma, because of the patriarchy, because of capitalism that tells us that we're only valuable when we're producing. And then this narrative that I carry that I need to take care of others, and so I would work these hours again and again, day in and day out. And I wouldn't rest until I was forced to rest, until I was sick, until I right. had like serious mental health issues and I was forced to not work. And I continued to do this until I was able to see what I was doing to myself. And that's how the acupuncture works. It's not going to change who you are, it's going to allow you to have access to your deeper wisdom, which then means that you can take a step back and you can see, oh, so my job fucking sucks and I hate it, but I've been keeping myself stuck there. I don't hate my job, by the way. I'm not talking totally. about myself. Yeah, but I know. I got it. You're using people. that as an example. <laughs> yeah. But it's we we stay stuck in these patterns because we have this belief that we need to be there or we stay stuck because this is what feels safe for the body because change doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Acupuncture allows us to connect to our inherent power and our wisdom and our understanding that we're meant for more and for greatness. We call it our heavenly mandate. It connects mm-hmm. us. It reconnects us to our heavenly mandate. The reason why we're meant to be here. Oh, I love it so much. That oh was God, so beautifully explained. So beautiful. I know it is so beautiful. You just explained that. So but it also helps you to get out of pain and reduces your stress and make you feel good. So it's For like working sure. all these, on all these awesome levels. Totally. And like, I just think back to what I've, I started acupuncture how long ago with you and mm, it's been a while. It has been a while and two years. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah. so to look back over those two years and what has shifted, especially with my work-life balance, mm-hmm. that has been profound for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's true. It, it, it really was this opportunity to connect me to that deeper wisdom yeah, so that I could ask myself, is this serving me? 
and how can I do this better? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's been, that's been huge for me. Um, so I'd love to switch gears a little bit Mm -hmm. and talk about plant medicine. You've been my my ceremony sister many, many times. And I'd love to just chat about number one, like how you entered into the world of plant medicine. What was that calling there? And let's start there. Oh, isn't it so beautiful? The sacred plants. It really is. It is incredible. Really, when I was in school, I didn't really care too much about learning acupuncture. I wanted to study herbal medicine because I wanted to be a wizard. And that's like the closest thing to being a wizard. (laughs) So I have this affinity and this great love for the plants. And I also have a great love for expanding consciousness and like getting out of this box, this paradigm of like black and white um, and plants help us to do that. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to explore what life is like beyond these limitations of like the three-dimensional world. So psychedelics have been a thing in my life um, for a really long time, at least like at least 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, my first experience with psychedelics, like in high school, is like mushrooms, right? Of course, yeah. Partying <laughs> with mushrooms. Yeah. And I never treated it like a medicine back then. It was just having right. fun with Same. my friends. Of course. But when I look back on it, actually that kind of is ritual because we would take mushrooms and we would we sit around a fire and we talk and we laugh and we have conversations that we wouldn't have otherwise have had if it weren't for the mushrooms. So it is. It's true. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but I wanted, I always wanted to go deeper. And so a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine traveled to Peru and he was, uh, when he got back, he shared his experience with ayahuasca Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, I must try this one day. But I was scared to go to Peru. I didn't want to go to Peru where I don't know the language and I didn't want to go by myself, but I also didn't realize that medicine, like there are many shamans and medicine men and women who have learned and been passed on this lineage outside of the jungles of of South America. Um, And so he told me when he got back, you know, I know this shaman who lives in the city. (laughs) She she lives at like DuPont and Bloor. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the city. (laughs) And he he was like, she she serves DMT ceremonies. Um, That is shorter than ayahuasca because one of the things that scared me about ayahuasca was people had told me that it lasts eight hours. Right. And I was like, psychedelics for eight hours? I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. DMT is is much shorter lived. It's like 15, 20 minutes. So I told, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to try it. I was so scared, Sam. Mm-hmm. And the shaman who incidentally, her name is Kat also, she she explained to me, she was like, you know, you're in a safe place and the fear comes from not knowing what's going to happen and the loss of, of control, but you're always in control and you're in a safe place and you're being held. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so she, like the way that DMT is administered is you you smoke it. And I was holding the pipe and I was like, what the fuck am I doing right now? This is not what I was thinking. Is this plant medicine? This doesn't like, if my dad and mom saw me right now, 
But I was like, okay, I'm all in. I'm here. I'm doing this. Uh, and I, I like inhaled the medicine and I had my eyes closed and she was counting me down and I opened my eyes. This, so this woman, she has, she had like strawberry blonde hair. And when I opened my eyes, her face was a clown and her hair had become red and like these terrifying, um, like sideshow Bob type braids. Wow. And I could see the words coming out of her mouth and bouncing in front of me like pixels. Remember that old school uh, computer game, Solitaire? (laughs) Where like when you win, the cards are like, I could see her words coming out like that. And I had forgotten what was happening. I was just like, who is this woman? What the hell is happening? She is so scary. What? But what what I got from that ceremony was like how unafraid I was because I leaned in because hmm. it was like the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life and I had no idea where I was I had forgotten that I was in ceremony that I was in this ritual and I was just so hyper focused on what was happening and what, and what I saw and then I was like and when I had that realization of how brave and courageous I was like the medicine hooked me and pulled me back like down this tunnel and then since there, I've been I've been um, seeking and wanting to try all of the sacred medicines. Uh, at my very core, my personality type is like very rebellious. If you're going to tell me not to do it, yeah. I'm going to be like, I do what I want, and if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Totally. And so I um, actually got introduced to ayahuasca because of one of my mentors who had sat many many ceremonies. Um, and as you know, our shaman was living mm-hmm. with him for, for a couple of years. And I wanted to try this medicine because of its deep connection to the sacred feminine. Yes. So beautiful and so important. I really believe that the way the world is going to be saved is as we honor the sacred feminine. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Because look at all this shit in the world. Who has... Who has been predominantly responsible for the nonsense that's going on? The war, the famine, the billionaires who hold all the wealth. It's not the sacred feminine. It's the toxic masculine, really. So in honoring um, this inherent power that women carry in our maternal lineage, I think this is what's going to save the world. And ayahuasca, I feel like, was that missing piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people that if it wasn't for this medicine, my husband and I, who is my partner in business and life, I joke, mm-hmm. we joke that he's the heart and I'm the brain. We probably <laughs> would be on our way to divorce because we're so different. And I just couldn't accept that he doesn't do things the way that I want him to. And I feel right. like... I, we need to do it this way. And right. yeah, so I feel like that medicine, what it did was help me to look at myself with different eyes and see how I project things onto him and to other people. It's very much like what happens with acupuncture. It's just that the ayahuasca moves much quicker. Right. It's such a beautiful thing, such a blessing it- in my life. It really is. And Mm -hmm. I've been so grateful for the medicine and Mm -hmm. to have you also in ceremony with me and go through these 
beautiful yeah. experiences and healing journeys together. I'd love to chat a bit about ayahuasca and pregnancy because you initially started with ayahuasca, you weren't pregnant, and then no. you got pregnant and with your second and you, yeah, and you were at, and you were at ceremony. And I think this could be a really just interesting topic to dive into because I'm sure that there are a lot of women listening who maybe are new to plant medicine or wanting to experience ayahuasca and have a lot of fear and uncertainties around the fertility and pregnancy aspect. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's a decision you have to make for yourself and feel into for yourself, but you felt very safe to be able to go to ceremonies while pregnant. So let's talk a bit about, yeah, let's talk about that experience and what that was like. Well, by the time I was pregnant with Salvador Grace, we had been attending ceremony for like well over a year, I think at that point. Um, and I didn't want to stop, really, mm-hmm. that I didn't want to stop. That was the main reason. And so when when I talked to our teacher about it, and she had said, you know, in the jungle, um, the women, they, according to my teacher, she was saying they attend ceremony and they, they drink and are served the medicine up until their... Um, fifth month of pregnancy, so into the second trimester. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. <laughs> but in the first trimester, Sam, I was so nauseous. I was like, mm. I can't. No, I can't. I can't. But as soon as I began to feel better, I started to attend ceremony again. And it's because of this deep connection to the sacred feminine in the medicine. Because you know how it's known... Um, they call it madre, right? The mm-hmm. grandmother, grandmother ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And this I felt was like a huge thing for me because in the beginning of ceremony, when we first started going, the things that came up for me were always related to my maternal line. So my mom and then her mom. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I come from like a badass line of women, strong, powerful women. My daughter is named after my maternal grandmother and my husband's maternal grandmother. My grandmother, Salvadora, Grace's Charleston's grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so what kept coming up for me is like honoring the sacred feminine. And so when I found out that I could sit ceremony, um, I was like, yep, I'm in totally. I mean, they they definitely gave me less medicine. Of course. um, And I took it easier, of course. And then when I hit that five months, I was like, oh... I'm not going to be able to go to ceremony. But then our teacher's teacher came from Brazil. Yeah. And he said, yeah, whole pregnancy. pregnancy, Okay, whole pregnancy. And I was like, yes. And, you know, I feel like I, being pregnant brought this, like, different energy to our circles. Like, here is this tiny human who's not been brought out into the world yet, who's in the safest place on the planet, getting to experience the connection, the deep community that is built within ceremony, because we're all there, not only to work on ourselves, but to collectively heal the yeah. planet. I'm like, that is fucking beautiful. beautiful. So I was, like, I was like crying every ceremony. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And the and fact like, that you're having a girl too. I know. Right. I'm so happy. I love my son also, everyone. He's the best. But having a girl and like being able to raise 
a child who honors this and like knows how powerful she is because women, oh my gosh, we're not taught that we're powerful, but I think that changes with this generation. And so being able to do this inner work and to pass this teaching on to her because it's even though she doesn't speak yet, she she feels and learns this energy. And I can see in her eyes how much more aware she is than my son uh, when he was that age and, and some other children. I think, I truly think a lot of this has to do with um, her experience with medicine as well. For sure. I remember mm-hmm. there's been a few ceremonies and you've been beside me and I just like, look up and then like, there you are holding her and Charleston brings her in and you're breastfeeding. And I'm just like, oh my God, like just seeing her and witnessing that and being a part of that energy is actually a really beautiful thing. Like Mm -hmm. I love our women's ceremonies so much and how many women are in ceremony and then you see their partners coming in and bringing their babies so that they can get fed. Like I remember one ceremony in the summer, I think maybe perhaps, I don't know if it was this year or last year, but just like looking up and there's like three babies there and they're all just being mm-hmm. breastfed. I'm just like, oh my, like my heart right now oh, is no. just going to explode and just how this sacred medicine is being passed on and shared and we all get to collectively be a part of that. Oh my God. It's just, I want to so, cry. It's just so amazing. It is. It totally is. And of course you have to be, this is a decision you have to make for yourself, right? Like you are obviously, we obviously go to a place where we feel very safe and trusted and the environment is very secure mm-hmm. and and all of that, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a very loving environment. It's a very safe environment and um, very knowledgeable and mm-hmm. educated teachers and shamans. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And the thing is like, they have a certain criteria, right? That you have to meet in terms of, of your mental health, your physical health before you can even sit ceremony. Yes. And then yes. when you're pregnant also, there needs to be certain things in place. Um, like you can't have issues with your blood pressure and like, it's not necessarily the best if you have blood sugar or metabolic issues going on. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh, well, mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing all of that. Real quick before I let you go, what yeah. has plant medicine taught you about yourself? It's been some of the biggest teachings. Oh my gosh. That is <laughs> a great question. What has plant medicine taught me about myself? I think. What it's taught me the most is about honoring the gifts and the talents that I have uh, been brought into this world with and being able to recognize my place in the world and also everyone else's place and, and how everyone else brings their own gifts and their own individuality because in the past I very much was like people need to do this got to do this you should do this shooting all over everyone and my and myself right. and I think the plants all of them they've taught me that like nothing is rushed in nature 
nothing moves according to anything else other than its own design. And so in honoring who I am and what I bring and being able to do the same for others, it really has led to a deeper sense of peace and groundedness and fulfillment and and the ability to let go and to forgive myself when I'm not in alignment with those things. Because that's a big one, being able to forgive myself. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was mm-hmm. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with us today and being here with me. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you? On Instagram, um, my clinic is What's Good Wellness. Um, my my own Instagram is, is Katrina Delano. And then our website, whatsgoodwellness.ca. Perfect. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. If today's conversation can benefit anybody that you know, we would love it if you can share it with them. And of course, your ratings and reviews are always welcome. They help our podcast get seen by more women globally. And that's what we're here to do. Reach more women so they can transform their health, their hormones, and their lives. Thanks again for tuning in. If you would like to connect with Katrina, you can do so on Instagram at Katrina Delano, or you can head on over to whatsgoodwellness.ca. Chat with you guys next week. Take care.